the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, the show where we take all the stressful, overwhelming and confusing parts of planning a wedding and break them down into digestible to-do lists. And speaking of to-do lists, today's episode is all about your wedding master plan. Essentially a giant to-do list, we'll be talking you through making your overall wedding planning checklist and timeline. Now you might not think you need a wedding planning timeline, but having a step-by-step roadmap for your wedding will actually go a long way towards staying organised and on budget. Between doing research, managing the budget, liaising with suppliers and working out what to do when, a list of month-to-month tasks will help you from feeling overwhelmed and help you prioritise. So we actually have a handy download for this on the site, which is probably much easier to just go on and have a look at rather than us just listing off what you should be doing every single week. So today's chat, I think, will be a little bit more about tips for managing that timeline and how to kind of come up with your initial plan. Yeah, the written list is like a great companion for this episode. Yeah. But we want to talk about this because it happens so often that people come up to us and are, or message in or whatever and are stressing out because they're like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, it's month three or I'm 12 months out and I don't know, have I done enough? Am I doing too much? Am I doing this too early? Am I doing it too late? So hopefully these are the questions we'll answer today. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. You know we're passionate about passing on our wedding planning knowledge here at One Fab Day, which is why we select a tip in every episode to pass on to couples in the throes of planning. Selena, you've chosen this week's tip. What have you got? So this one is simple, but important. And if you've ever been a wedding guest, you'll probably thank me for this. <laughs> so it is to coordinate the thank yous that are featured throughout the speeches among the speech givers. Yes. So we've all been there at a wedding where four or five speech givers stand up and they all thank the florist and the venue staff and the man who made the cake yeah. and the flower curls. And they all like lash through the exact same list of the same people. Yes. And those people do deserve a thank you. But oh, one is good. Good God, they do. Of course, especially if a man made the cake. She deserves <laughs> possibly a parade. But a really easy thing to do is to either take it upon yourself or name one of the speech givers as like the coordinator mm. and to get them to just make a definitive list of everyone who needs to be thanked and just make sure that it's spread out across. So like assign a couple to each speech giver, for example. Yes, yeah. A really handy thing we have on the website is a groom's speech checklist, which basically has every thank you you'll probably need. Mm. So regardless of whether you're the groom or not giving a speech, it's good to check that out. We'll link in the show notes and that'll give you like a handy rundown where you're like, okay, I probably won't have forgotten anyone if, if I follow that list. Yeah. It just saves time during the speeches because you know how antsy the guests get when they need to be dancing and the speeches are going on. And that's one bit of the speech. I think everyone is happy to cut it down to like one mention per person. Yeah, definitely. I think the groom speech is a good one for all that kind of admin. But mm. often if there's a bride and a bridesmaid and a best man and some parents also speaking, they can all end up yeah piling yeah. in the thank yous. It's totally acceptable to assign like one person does all the thank yous as well. It just might be a bit boring. But yeah. again, it depends on how many speech givers you have, how long you're allocating yeah but I think this could save you a little bit of extra time on the day and your guests a little bit of extra antsiness to get dancing the guests will definitely thank you for this one the one fab day wedding podcast today's chat is all about breaking down your wedding planning timeline essentially making a personalized checklist of what you need to do and when you need to do it now everyone's timeline will be slightly different tailored to your own wedding and of course how long you've got to plan it Some couples plan a wedding in three months and others book a venue three years in advance. 
They do. So we've roughly based our timeline on an 18 month engagement. But however long you've got to plan your wedding or however elaborate your plans, hopefully today's chat will help you feel more on top of things and to work out how long to spend researching florists, when to start shopping for a dress. We'll also include lots of tips for personalising your own timeline and how to stick to it. So let's dive in. Okay, so let's start with the early days. Yes. Which um, are fun. Yeah. But have the most amount of, <laughs> you have the most amount of stuff to do. So it can be overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. So first things first, start with that chat that we talked about last week. Yes. Where you sit down with your other half and work out what kind of wedding you want. Because there's no point in pressing on until you've done that. Yeah, you just be wasting your own time researching things that the other person doesn't want. Yes. Another optional extra that I very much enjoy if you're newly engaged is the throne engagement party. You see, this is one of those episodes where I'm going to be like, I love the idea of a long engagement because you can draw all this stuff out. Like you could, if you have a long engagement, you could spend months planning your engagement party and make it like really epic. But then I also um, see the benefits of having a short engagement as well. Yeah, it definitely cuts back on time to add in extra Yes, and people with long Love. engagements tend to email us way more with problems. So <laughs> yes. I feel like they have more time to develop issues throughout yes, the planning process. definitely. Pros and cons to both. Mm. So the next thing you need to do, obviously, is draw up a budget, which we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks' time. Start planning the guest list. If you haven't had a listen to that yet and you're at guest list stage, I would most definitely listen to our A to D guide. Where we're very harsh about yes. all of your friends and family yes. members. We should really uh, patient that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's very, it's a little bit cutthroat, but it makes it clear as to who, who makes the list and it's who It's the doesn't. most efficient way we've come up with, guys. Definitely. So yeah, make sure you give that a listen. Because obviously who you have on the guest list impacts your choice of venues, which is what you'll start researching very soon. Um, and you also need to pick some potential wedding dates. So again, you don't need to have specific dates locked down, but it's more about getting a feel for when you might want to get married and have a few dates in mind mm. before you start approaching venues. I would also check those dates or that season with any very important people, yeah. parents, siblings. The VIPs. The VIPs. You don't know who's in early pregnancy or who's planning mm. to emigrate or who's got certain things in mind. So it's worth just... Checking these things no matter how far out and you And to are. check that it's not like, you know, a holiday period you've forgotten about yes. or there's, you know, some kind of rugby world cup or yes. something. Yeah, stuff like that. Planned for that year and that month. Yeah, as well, if you have any maybe teachers in the family, it's always good to check when their holidays are too, particularly if you're having a midweek wedding. Yeah. Again, you won't do that for every guest, but for like the core five or six people. Yeah. It's a good idea and will save you some heartache. Yeah, definitely. And then it comes to researching potential venues and ceremony locations. Um, so we'll have an episode on that one specifically next week because that's far too easy to go into now. Yeah. Um, but if you're eager to get going, uh, we have a supplier guide on the site and we do an annual 100 best guide. So if you look for the most recent one of that, you'll be able to get a good feel for what venues are on offer in Ireland anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So this period is really like... It's very research heavy because you have to, this is the period really where you're going from someone who knows probably nothing about weddings to being an expert in weddings. Yeah. And it's also odd because you don't actually really do anything. Nothing gets booked, nothing gets achieved, but you've kind of put things in motion for the next step. But you feel like a fake bride because <laughs> <laughs> you're like going on and on and on about all of this stuff you've learned about various elements of wedding planning, but nothing has been set in stone. <laughs> you don't even have a date yet. It's no. a strange time. You'll get there. Yeah. Which leads us on to 10 to 12 months before the wedding. So again, we're working off an 
depends on how long timeline this would be if you're working off about a 14 month engagement maybe but yeah just depends on how long you have and this is definitely one of the busiest stages of planning when you're going to do the bulk of the research and the booking so if you're wondering what to prioritize at this stage venue always comes first Mm -hmm. then planner and caterer if you need them and then photographer and band as they're the ones that book up the furthest in advance yeah and if there's any other suppliers that you know for a fact you are after like the biggest and most in-demand florist in the country for example yeah it's good to add them to the list if you know that you've already kind of been thinking about someone who's very hot in the wedding industry you should get on them yeah so in this period as well it's a good time to start researching all your suppliers so that doesn't mean specifically start booking a hairdresser but it just means putting things in motion starting to kind of have put the feelers out Mm. um there's a bit of admin at this stage too fun stuff like popping the question to your wedding party I think this is a good time we never recommend doing it too early because friendships evolve and maybe you aren't people sure people turn into jerks and you might want to <laughs> yeah. ditch them in a couple of months so you might want us to say who's the best person for the job over the initial stages of your engagement um, but yeah now is a good time to pop the question to them and to enlist any helpers so you might have friends and family who you want to recruit to bake a cake or sing at a ceremony or something like that so yeah it's worth putting the feelers out now as well so you know you can tick that off your list yeah this is a good time as well to kind of pick up on who's really interested in me talking about the wedding and who doesn't care and <laughs> yeah. kind of zones out yes um because you'll have done a certain amount of research you'll have lots to chat about already even mm. though you might not have booked things just yet yeah but yeah it's a good gauge for like okay my sister's not really into this so yeah. i don't need to sidestep <laughs> you know go to town on giving her roles in the wedding Yes. And so, yeah, as we said, like you'll book people like your photographer, your band now, you might book a florist. Um, but otherwise, just, yeah, start putting thoughts out into the ether about, say, maybe your wedding dress, suits mm. and what kind of entertainment you might want throughout the day. I think it's fair to even make like a plan at this stage of like, OK, maybe this month I'll pick what month I will start wedding dress shopping and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. If you're someone who's very um loves to be organized, I think planning a wedding can be quite stressful because you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing when and there's so much to do that you can feel like you're not doing enough Mm. but sometimes it helps to just say okay I'm not gonna go wedding dress shopping now but I'm gonna do it in January yeah that's gonna be my month my time and you can even if you're very anxious you can make your bookings now for for three months in advance and then at least you have your appointments set in stone yeah there's nothing wrong with being early about certain things but we will flag during the episode what things you just can't be early about yeah um i think as well it's important to note at this time even a year out letting people know when the wedding is on is never a bad idea it used to be traditionally you send your invitation six weeks before maybe save the day 10 weeks before but these days like everyone's gonna know by the time you start booking your wedding you're gonna start telling people about it so you may as well be a bit more formal about it and send out a save the date, even if that's just a text. Just yeah. means everyone knows if they're booking holidays or if people have to fly in for your wedding and that they can plan their finances around it too. Yeah, definitely. Like we were invited to a wedding next summer, but because it's abroad in Canada, they sent us an email like months ago to yeah. be like, just so you know, if you're planning holidays and this can fit into your realm, this is the date so like think of people like that who like would have to travel really far yeah definitely and also of course if you're at an age where everyone's getting married a lot of your friends will have 10 weddings in a summer so they need to know to prioritize yours exactly yours is the most important 
It sure is. So this is really a get shiz done kind of phase, isn't it? It is. And you will feel very satisfied, I think, at the end of these couple of weeks because you'll be like, yeah. oh my God, I've so much done. And anytime anyone asks you about the wedding, you'll have a lot of like news for them. Like, well, this yeah. is my photographer. This is my band. Which does mean, though, that after that, there can be a bit of a lull and you feel like there's nothing to do. So often that's from around the six month to the eight month mark or for some couples, it'll be from for four months out to eight months out if they're very organized and have everything done in advance. Some people have two years of this. Yes, exactly. So don't worry if you feel like you've everything ticked. That doesn't mean you need to add more work to your list. This is a big it's disclaimer. It's time to sit pretty and enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is definitely when we get the emails from people being like, what am I supposed to be doing? And then we kind of tease it out and we're like, you're actually grand, you're on track. Yeah. Like, don't be worrying. Yeah, definitely. Um, so from like the six to eight month mark, things you need to do are like order your wedding dress. So we've mentioned before on the podcast that many boutiques consider less than six months of rush order and will charge you accordingly. So it's worth going maybe eight months out just so you have some time in case you don't find your dress very quickly yeah um book ceremony musicians um and start planning your honeymoon which is a very fun part so make sure your passports are in order and then yeah just start looking up flights hotels all the fun stuff and i think it's nice to keep time for this because so many couples kind of forget about their honeymoon and then it's like a month out from your wedding and you're like frantically just like booking mm. flights to wherever so yeah I think it's nice to set a few weeks aside to just purely focus on honeymoon if that's what you're gonna do this would be a good time to have like the sit down chat we talked about last episode but not about the wedding about the honeymoon mm. and then even if you do decide listen I, I'm too stressed out or I don't have enough time uh for the honeymoon and we want to postpone it till the following summer after the wedding or whatever at least it's a good time to figure that stuff out yeah yeah exactly set it down in stone yeah because also again a lot of this is about having answers for people who constantly ask you questions yes definitely. and people will start to ask you about your honeymoon so if you're like oh we're gonna do it the following summer that's that taken care of yeah and you can also plan a little mini moon for in the meantime mm, that is fun to plan because those don't involve quite so much admin yes another one for this time is to even if you don't start doing the heavy planning, get a date in for your stag or hen. Yeah. Um, you don't need to be planning this. Uh, even if you don't have a wedding party, recruit some friends to do it for you. Um, but yeah, it's a good time to kind of set the wheels in motion for that. A gentle nudge is yes. good, especially because they might all not be thinking about this, but you're very busy for the next few months. Yeah. So you might need to be like, um, guys, is it OK if we just set a date so that I can like work everything around it? and by six months out I think it's a good idea to have most of your suppliers booked um, yeah. even ones that tend to get left till later so a lot of times things like rentals and transport and things like that they're not essential to do early out but it's a better way of having a handle on your budget um, yeah. if you have got them booked about six months out yeah we'll be talking about cash flow in the uh, budget yes. issue get ready guys <laughs> it's, it's exciting fun. stuff um, so that it's good for that reason and when you have a lull I know you might just want to like total break from Wedmin yeah but take a total break for like two weeks or whatever but just you know it might be an idea as well even to set like some reminders in your phone for like certain months like okay this month I'm gonna do the transport the ceremony musician next month I'm going to do hair and makeup and like yeah. not a huge amount of workload for a month but to keep things ticking over so that you yeah. don't leave things till the 11th hour yes because especially depending on what time of year you get married I often find that people are getting married early in the year they think they have ages 
and then yes. Christmas comes and goes and then they're like oh my god I'm getting married in three months and I haven't done anything in three months so yeah I think it's wise to keep that in mind I'm definitely that kind of person who when a new project comes along I get like really like I get a massive like stream of motivation and I do loads of stuff and then I go sure I've loads done and then it gets like months and months later and I've forgotten about it and I've relaxed (laughs) and I'm like oh I was supposed to pick back up all of this stuff yeah months ago and then I'm like tied for time at the end somehow yeah so So some people are both organized and exactly Disorganized. Yeah. I think of a more clever way to put it, but that's the word. Both organized and a total mess. Is yeah, what you I mean didn't want to say. <laughs> that's fair. A big part of this is knowing how organized you are as a person. Yeah. What way of organizing things works for you, and yes. trying to give yourself a break if you're, you know, really stressed with like a big workload, or if you're, you know. <sighs> just wishing that you'd more stuff to do you know sometimes it's okay to give yourself permission to be like do you know what I can do there's a few things on the list that aren't supposed to be done for months but I can do them early yeah it'll make me feel better so I will yeah I think if you're the kind of person who gets kept awake at night um, yeah. by your to-do list it is wise to just get things done it's no harm Um, obviously we'll get to the things that are more for last minute but yeah I mean again there's no harm booking your wedding bus a year right but no. um, it's just not necessary and the companies will most of the suppliers will be able to facilitate booking early for yeah. you um so there's nothing wrong with that if it helps i do think what we've done like splitting it up into phases is really handy because even if you are kind of awake at night stressing out about your to-do list kind of person for me anyway having like well that's on next month's list or that's on 2020's list or yeah. 2021's list or whatever um, makes me feel like it's taken care of even though it's not done but it's been assigned like a time in the future yes that's why if ever I'm stressed I just make a list and then sure it's halfway done <laughs> exactly <laughs> of course at the top of the list you put like make a list and then cross it out <laughs> yeah best bit <laughs> I did that last night <laughs> oh, of course you did I know you so well oh. uh, yeah so next we're at four to six months before your wedding so this is kind of when it gets to the fun stuff the details um, so you'll shop for bridesmaids dresses, you'll pick your stationery, um, you might start pre-marriage counselling or you might start planning the ins and outs of your ceremony. Mm. You'll meet with the florist to discuss options, um, the menswear kind of comes in around now, you'll get to organise the legalities which includes a fun meeting where you tick off all manner of relatives that you're not to each other. We were talking about this in the <laughs> office this week and we had a great old laugh about what um, non- non-blood relatives we yes. are and aren't allowed to marry in Ireland it's very in-depth I didn't realize yeah, this so in Ireland you can't marry your sister's daughter's husband <laughs> yeah I got very annoyed because I'm not allowed to marry my niece's husband <laughs> do you want to marry no your my niece doesn't husband? have a husband but I just think, you know, my niece and me aren't that far apart in age. You know, I just think it's quite intrusive of the yeah. Irish state to, yeah. to... Now, I suppose if he is her husband, I shouldn't marry him. But her that's ex-husband. true of anyone who's married currently to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very odd list. Um, It's a good laugh when you go in for your appointment. I'd say so. But um, yeah, if you're not in Ireland, you're probably totally confused. But I guess, I mean, there must be a reason they have all those people on the list. It must have come up. I totally one time get the, the blood relatives, but the random like in-laws, I don't understand. Yeah, it's a bizarre like list. It's very interfering. But yeah. Anyway. Or the one about like your granddad's mother or something. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are just logistically like even maybe not possible no. for most people. Yeah. 
But yeah, so you get to do that. That's, I mean, maybe one of the less fun things on the list, but actually Claire's managed to turn it into something really fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're going on honeymoon, this is the time to get vaccinations. Again, maybe not another fun thing, but sure, I'm up for making a day out of anything. So, Oh yeah, and they give you a lollipop at the end. Do they? Well, they gave Ushin a lollipop at the end. Aww. She's very excited because he doesn't like needles. That's fair. You can start gathering addresses for your invitations or for your wedding website. And you can start organising your hair and makeup trials, which again is another kind of fun milestone in the lead up and gives you a better picture of how your day is going to look and feel. Yeah. So this area is like legalities, ceremony stuff, outfits and other aesthetics, really. Yes. So it is a lot of nice stuff and stuff as well that you might want to take a bit more time with. Yeah. You might want to like enjoy having a bit of a like shop around for things like your bridal shoes and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And I do think as well, if you're go, if you think you're going to be particular about hair and makeup to leave time for a few trials, um, we hear a lot from people with curly hair, for example, who are like, I need the right hairdresser. Yeah. Um, so it's worth keeping some time aside to try a few different trials. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you know that there's like an issue or something that you're very particular about in terms of hair and makeup, defo, get on that mm. very soon in this phase. Yes. And again, say the legalities, that has to be done a minimum of three months before in Ireland. But again, you can do it a year out. I checked yesterday, I did it 13 months out. I was obviously very eager. Claire's um, like, I've waited my whole life to be married yeah. and I'm not going to wait another minute. <laughs> but then I had to wait a year. But, you know. She just, the, just wanted it set in stone, you know, in case Marco ran off in the meantime. You'd be like, you hey, come back here. Come back. We have a marriage license. <laughs> so two to three months out. So that's when the pressure might be start starting to build, mm. but not if you've been sticking to our very handy checklist. Exactly. If you have covered everything we've talked about, I can't imagine that there is any cause for stress at this point. No, definitely not. So the last few bits tend to be gifts. So you might get your bridesmaids, parents, you might be getting each other a gift. The last few bits of accessories, so hair pieces, bow ties. Make sure you leave time for this if you're ordering online, particularly from very far away. Organise outfits for the flower girls or page boys. Again, this is one that you shouldn't do any earlier because children grow. Yeah, they grow at an alarming rate, especially when they're involved in a wedding. That's yes. like biology. The minute they're asked to be part of a wedding, they just shoot up. <laughs> yes, the week after you've bought their outfit. Um, and have a menu tasting with your venue or your caterer, which is a very fun thing. I missed that for my wedding and I'm still bitter. How come you missed it? We were away. Oh, of course. Yeah. Could you not have sent me? I could have. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. Next time. <laughs> next wedding. Yes, next um, wedding. And so this is also the time you'd be like sending your invitations. Yes. Yeah. And things like your alterations for your dress probably yeah. happening. All the um, last minute bits. And rings. Oh, yeah. The wedding bands. I can't believe I left rings off the list. I love rings. We have rings on the list. Oh. They're just on a different it. part of the list. Oh. It's extensive <laughs> list. It is extensive. Um, but yeah, wedding bands, which like actually I've heard of couples who just plum forgot about this and wanted to include it in the ceremony. So keep these things in mind. Yes, definitely. Rings are another one where you don't really know how much they're going to cost till you start shopping. So it can be a dent in your budget <laughs> towards yeah. the end. Yeah, definitely. So it's not one to leave to the last minute anyway. You want to give yourself a couple of months. Yes. Shop around. Um, In the last month before the wedding. So yeah, it's going to, again, feel a bit tense. But as long as you stick to your list and try not to 
get overwhelmed by the jobs, you'll be fine. So you'll have a last minute dress fitting, make any last minute adjustments with suppliers. So that tends to be the florist really then that you'll have any kind of changes with or maybe... Maybe the caterer if there's yeah. seasonal elements to the menu. Yeah, exactly. You might finalise the order of your ceremony and get the booklets printed up for that. Uh, complete any DIY or craft projects. Like, don't let this go into the final few weeks because no. these are the one thing, the one area that runs over or that someone decides at the last minute that the room doesn't look dressed enough or won't look dressed enough and suddenly they need to make everyone an individual paper plane or something like that. And then you're like, it won't take long. And three weeks later, it's the night before your wedding and you're still making paper planes. Yeah, you could also argue here, this is the time if there are DIY things you want to do. You could just hand them off to someone else. Yes, definitely. And then review the final RSVP list and call anyone who hasn't responded, which is a very annoying job. Um, you could also delegate that some of that to oh, parents. Oh yeah, that'd be great now for a groomsman or a bridesmaid, yes. wouldn't it? <laughs> because it does feel really annoying to have to chase people up and everyone assumes that you just knew they were coming. And yeah. yeah. I presume 99% of people say, but sure you knew I was coming anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have been that guest once or twice. Claire. I've just forgotten. <laughs> Actually, my other half did that this summer. And my uh, friend had to be like, yeah, is he coming? And I was like, what? Yeah, of course he is. And then I realized that I was having a real like independent woman moment where I was like, I'm <laughs> RSVPing for myself. You can RSVP for yourself. And then he just didn't. Because so a lot happens, of times it does, it does. A lot of times now you have to RSVP individually if there's if it's online because there's dietary requirements and a playlist option. I yeah. don't want to pick a song for Marco. That's exactly what happened. And so yeah, one of us does and the other one doesn't. Yeah, so this is uh, maybe not so fun one, but one you just have to like blast through or else yes. give off to someone. Yeah, but again, make sure you do it good and early so that you have the final numbers for your caterer and you're not paying for meals for people who won't be there. Exactly. Two weeks before your wedding. Um, I love when the list is getting shorter. I know, it's, so it's great. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you guys aren't looking at it, but we are and it's minuscule at this stage. I feel so minimalist. <sighs> um, so deliver your must-have shot list to your photographer and videographer. So not everyone will want to do this, but it's a handy one, particularly you have group shots for your family that you need to get on the day. We have a great um, checklist uh, for this on the site, which we'll link. We will. Um, give the venue or caterer the final headcount and make your table plan. Yeah. So a manageable amount. The table plan is something, again, that you can't do too early because no. believe you me, no matter how solid your friends and family circle are, someone will drop out or have and to bring someone else. Or your wedding, you'll be making it again. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't do the table plan too early no. or you'll just be wasting your own time. Exactly. In the last week before the wedding, a lot of this is kind of fun stuff like pampering getting your nails done doing your tan whatever you need to do and then just running around collecting things again this is a great one to delegate to a lot of people Mm. so I would give your wedding coordinator and any key people in the wedding a list of all of the key suppliers on the day the times they're due to arrive how they're like if they're dropping the flowers to the hotel or if they're dropping I don't know, a centerpiece to the venue. Like, let them know what the plan is for them and some contact details as well. Very important, that one. Yes, and if they have any needs. So the band might have certain needs of what they, for setting up or the DJ and things like that. Just so you're not being, facilitating some kind of conversation about the best way to load in the drum kit or whatever. You don't want to be dealing with that. No, not at all. That's not your job. Um, you'll do things that, again, like printing place cards, finalising the table plan, stuff like that. 
um, call all of your suppliers just to confirm the arrangements. Again, it's good to have a timeline for the day as well and to circulate that among everyone so everyone knows what's what. Absolutely. This one we absolutely advocate is doing a full head to toe dress rehearsal. Everyone that's involved in the wedding. Yeah, because you never know when you realise that the (laughs) bridesmaid's heels are the exact perfect size of the hole in the lace in her dress it's kind of <laughs> yes. makes it impossible for her to walk oh I found out that exact thing at a wedding I was a guest oh, recently because yeah. I was saying that being like maybe that's not a thing I've just made oh, that up but no, it's a I, real thing I couldn't walk it was awful um and yeah I mean you don't need to do this like everyone in the room you don't need to make your bridesmaid stand no. in front of you in her outfit not all at the same time no but just if everyone has their own outfits with them for them to do it at home or like yeah to get the your friends around mm. and to try on their outfits or whatever and you make sure you try on yours um whether you're a bride or a groom i'm talking yeah. underwear socks. shoes socks everything Bow-tie. make sure it all works there will be one thing that is unexpectedly frayed or a button is popping off or yes you notice oh like three of these buttons are about to come off i need to like go and get them like re-put on yeah. or something like that or a lot of times it's things like you didn't realise you didn't have the right socks for the shoes or something like that yeah or you just pick the socks and you're like this is the exact wrong colour for this yes so yeah it's worth full head to toe dress rehearsal and um, pack your overnight bag so if you're mm. staying away from home on the night of your wedding and if you're going on honeymoon straight from your wedding make sure you've packed as well because you're going to be so tired after your wedding you will not have the energy to pack so you may as well do it this this side of the wedding when you're excited and energized yeah no and it feels so good to have bags pre-packed for something yes it's so nice we also have honeymoon packing checklist and overnight bag packing checklist on the site because we're that organized (laughs) we really are so two to three days then before the wedding stuff's getting real yes um so table plan again there probably will be last minute changes at this point Mm. Again, we've said this before in the show, but if you're planning on having some really elaborate table plan set up, try to make it editable so that it's not completely ruined if someone drops out three days before and you have to shuffle all the seats around. As much as I like a beautiful calligraphy table plan, it stresses me out that like there's one bit of biro where someone had to scribble. I mean, a whiteboard would be perfect, but just less pretty. Yes. So grooms then would go for their final fitting, pick up their outfits same with the best men and the groomsmen they need to make sure all of their outfits are good to go and pick them up especially if they're rentals it will be like up to the wire like day before two days before confirm your wedding transport if you have a car that's going to be bringing yeah that's an important one you don't want to be standing around waiting for the wedding car to come i just think it's good to confirm like every single supplier and i know that sounds a bit paranoid because like how often in a supplier's life are they ever going to forget a wedding probably never but it is good for your own peace of mind. Yeah. No, we have heard the very odd story of someone who hadn't talked to their supplier in six months and yeah, the, uh, they double booked on the day or something happened. So it's always worth confirming. It's everything. a tiny, tiny risk. But yeah, if it's going to be playing on your mind at all, you might as well just nip it in the bud with a quick email or call. Yeah. Um. So confirm the final details with vendors. Yeah, again, this is more two to three days before is more when you're kind of like, expecting maybe things to come to you like if a supplier comes to you and says oh there's a change of plan or if someone comes to you and says oh I can't make it now you just have to have kind of time set aside to be able to deal with those things yeah yeah and to be flexible with those things yeah and then you print off hard copies I would suggest yeah of the running order of the day and again the supplier contact details that we talked about before because you can do all the 
Google Doc sharing you want. But it's just great to have it written down somewhere in your luggage even. Yeah, on the day, no one's going to have time to be like going through their drive on their phone looking for this document that you made. Especially if you're in like a beautiful country house in the middle of nowhere and there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth everyone, is anyone in your wedding having a sheet of paper in their pocket. And it's so nice to just like hand it to someone, especially like a male relative. (laughs) They love a job and they're so capable. And if you can just hand them a piece of paper and be like, call this man. Here's his number. Yeah. Tell him this. Mm. They'll take care of it. Yeah, it's the dream. So the day before the wedding, this is when you kind of, again, start handing off everything. Mm. This is your handover day and then you don't have to worry about it. Think of it like you're leaving your job forever. Oh, oh like the day when you go on holidays and you put your out of office on. Yeah, that's what this should feel like. Yes. This is putting your wedding out of office on. So drop off the place cards, table cards, menus, favours, table plan and any decor to the reception coordinator. Um, the Sort out any payments. So you might want to have envelopes with cash or have checks. Do people still use checks? I don't know. Yeah. Um, for any final balances to be paid on the day. Tips as well if you were going to um, put some cash for tips for yes. certain vendors yeah. and give them to wedding party members yeah good shout um ensure the cake is on track because that's kind of one of those ones that either is the day before or the day of so it's worth just checking in with your baker making sure that's all okay or you can obviously pawn this off on a wedding party member if you're going to have a rehearsal this is the day you do it so you can get all the readers singers everyone in one place and have a run through it's less common really in ireland to do this but if you want to like it's a Nice yeah. way to calm Depending nerves. on where you're getting married, if you're getting married in a certain religious institution, they might ask you to do a run through as well. Like if in Catholic Church, I think the priest will often ask you to do like a rehearsal the night before yeah. to go through everything with you. So that might be something that goes in this list. Yes. So I would set a deadline for all of this for like four or five o'clock. And yeah. then after that, get a good night's rest. We've discussed before about having a plan for the night before. So whether you're going for dinner, drinks or having all your friends around or whatever you're doing have a plan but make sure you get to bed early yeah and of course the like four or five o'clock thing allows a bit of time so if something does go quote-unquote wrong like whatever goes quote-unquote wrong you probably won't care in the day yeah but if there is some kind of mix-up you still have a bit of time whereas if we were like now make sure it's all wrapped up by 9 p.m you better believe that that's the time that someone would ring and say um there's been a snow drift in Kerry (laughs) and the baker can't make it now with the cake and it's just an act of God and what are we going to do? So yeah, definitely aim for like the afternoon to yes. wrap things up when there probably will be an extra thing that yeah. takes up an hour or two. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I mean, we have a separate on the day checklist, but sure, if you're only getting started with planning, you're a while away from that yet. <laughs> yeah, we won't be overstuffing your brain with like what to no. do in the day. No, but yeah, generally, as we said, this is a very broad timeline. Um, so, as you mentioned, Selena, for every decision you have to make, I think it's a good idea to have a date in the calendar for it. So I think even, yeah, once a week, have one small task that you need to do. And once you've done that, move on. So it's a handy way of being like, OK, I'm giving myself two weeks to research florists. And by Saturday, the 14th of February, I have to have booked a florist. And then that way you'll have it done. You can move on to the next thing because... I have no problem with you spending six weeks researching florists. But if you do, other things are falling by the wayside in the meantime. I think that's where a lot of the stress comes from for people as well, is they if they allow all of these things to overlap. So if you're researching every single supplier, as well as your outfit, 
your partner's outfit, all of the wedding party outfits, all at the same time, your brain's just going to get so clogged with stuff. Yeah. So setting a fake deadline and going, okay, this month I am going to research cake, flowers and decor or whatever it is. And just saying by the end of the month, it has to be, I have to decide. I have to decide on what color flower or what variety of flower or yeah. what flavor of cake. And that's it. And you won't be really upset or regretful of your decision. No. It's just what needs to be done yeah. in order for you to move through your to-do list. Yeah. I think you should also allow more time than you think for researching, but also for corresponding with suppliers because a lot of times you've decided, okay, I've picked this person and then they might take a week to get back. So it's worth keeping in mind, particularly if they're in a busy period um, or they're away or whatever, they might take a few days to get back and then there might be a bit of back and forth with quotes and things like that. So it's worth leaving some time for that too. Yeah, sometimes it takes a while to find the right supplier and it's just because, you know, the people you've contacted turn out not to be right for you or offer the exact service you want Mm. so definitely definitely leave more time than you think for that yeah um and they're so busy the suppliers are so busy especially if you're doing any of this in the summer Mm. or around sort of like christmas time any peak wedding times they might be literally out of the office for a month so they will get back to you but you just have to think that they don't have the time that you have your yeah your time you exist in two different time zones, basically. Yeah. Um, so give them a wide berth. I am a big fan of some kind of task management system. So Trello is my favorite. I know a lot of people like spreadsheets. We've got this downloadable that is definitely handy to just have as an initial guide. Mm. You know, it might be a cork board. It might be notes on your fridge, notes on your phone. Yeah. Whatever works for you, but make sure you have some kind of system. Just for getting things ticked off, because... As we've said, we're doing this whole thing. We're living for the moment where you put the line through the task. So have a way to do that that makes you feel like, okay, I've achieved something this month or this week or this season or whatever it is. Yeah. At the moment, we're in the process of buying a house. So we have a very long to-do list. And every so often when Marco gets stressed, he goes back to our wedding to-do list because it's all ticked. And he just like looks at it. He just stares at it. (laughs) Yeah, because he feels like it's such an achievement. Oh, I mean, it was three and a half years ago, but still. (laughs) I feel like, because I always toss out my to-do list, but maybe I should start keeping them just to like give myself a little little bit of a boost when I have a whole brand new intimidating to-do list in front of me. Yeah, my dad keeps a book of his to-do list so that he can go back and be like, well, last February I completed this job. That's quite good, actually, Mm. especially for things like that come around every year, like Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Be like, what did I do last year? Oh, I can just use that to do list. There you go. Nice (laughs) one, Kev. (laughs) But yeah, it might be Trello or it might be like some fancy app we haven't even heard of yet that you use to manage your to do list. Um, Or it might be a piece of pen. It might be a piece of paper and a pen, but just make sure it works for you and for your partner. Yes, I think that's a good tip, too, because... A lot of couples have differing, I know you've mentioned this before, yeah. differing systems. And so then you end up being the administrative coordinator for your wedding, which isn't ideal. Yeah, I'm very much a like do it online so that I have access to all of the information at any time kind of person. Mm. And my other half is very much a like, I wrote it on a receipt and uh, <laughs> I think it's in the wash now in my pocket. Um, that makes him sound very unorganized. But he likes things written down like hard copy and I like things to be done digitally. So we have to try and like compromise sometimes across those two mediums. 
But yeah, that's the kind of thing you need to do at the start of planning, really. Figure yeah. out how you're going to track things. And he can go off with his list on a piece of paper. That's fine. But as long as you know that, like, well, he's taking care of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You can sleep at night. Yes. I think that brings us nicely onto our next point, which is make sure you divide your tasks with your other half. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. And like, I have to say, if you're not deliberate about this, it might not happen. Some couples are like very naturally wonderful at splitting labor. Mm. Most aren't. No. And if one of you doesn't want to get resentful over the course of planning your wedding, it's very important to be conscious about this. And um, we covered it. We have two episodes actually that kind of yeah. touch on it. Uh, one was an interview with a real couple, owning a vet. It takes two to plan a wedding. Um, and another one on feminist weddings, um, both of which kind of cover the division of labour and yeah. emotional labour in planning a wedding. Because it's such a weird thing to be like looking at the back of your partner's head while they're like cooking dinner and being like, I can't believe you didn't do that thing that I asked you to <laughs> you do. You still haven't booked the band. When it relates to something that's about celebrating your love, <laughs> it's such a strange thing. If it was something boring like getting the car taxed, you know, I feel like you can live with that better. Yeah. But when it's about a day that talks about how you're perfect for each other and you can't even get a to-do list like straight between the two of you. Yeah. It can be really like not great for the relationship. It can call the whole thing into question. <laughs> it absolutely can. So yeah, that's very important and that's why, you know, being organised is good and having lists. Yes. Will benefit you. As you mentioned, there will be lulls. So don't start adding to your list and don't start freshing if a month has gone by and you haven't actually done anything and there's nothing to do. Yeah, don't add stuff that you don't need to just for the sake of it. Or if you're the kind of person who is like, oh, but my busy hands need to be doing something. You know, it's totally fine to do something that's not related to the wedding. Yeah, we have a whole section of our podcast dedicated to exactly. It. Or even if you're like, oh, I need, I just need to like take on something else. You know, give yourself something like really, really low pressure. Be like, you know, maybe I will start the presents for the bridesmaids or something mm. like that. That you know that like, listen, if you forget, or if it all gets too much, you can go out and grab them a voucher on the, yeah. on the day before or whatever yeah. give yourself something low pressure if you have to clog up the time yeah I mean I'd be like why don't you start your pre-wedding facial ritual or something like that yeah do something for yourself go for a massage yeah do you know what I mean why not it's your wedding year or two years exactly you deserve it as you know I'm a big advocate for telling yourself your wedding is a month before it actually is yeah this will just free up time for celebrating and I think when all of your friends and family are going to be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. That's the one week of your life when you want to be available for like, you know, random drinks, the Tuesday before your wedding, things yeah. like that. Especially if you have people coming from abroad, you know, it's so nice to have time to give to them. That's what it's all about at the end yeah. of the day. So if you're like, sorry, ma'am, I know that like your sister is in town for two days and none of us have seen her for five years because she lives in Australia but I have to go home and make my DIY flower crown for the <laughs> page boy or whatever it is like yeah. that's gonna seem sensible in the moment but really that's not what your wedding is about it's about the friends and family and everyone getting together yeah exactly and you don't want to be rushing things like your nail appointment and things like that that should be about like unwinding before the wedding and getting your head in order and thinking about what it's all about and I'm making a nail appointment sound really deep but you know what I mean it's that kind yeah. of it, they're all like important parts before your wedding and part of the ritual of it and you want to just enjoy them as much as you can 
Yeah, yeah. You want to walk past that nail place every time and go, oh, remember, that's where I got my nails done for my wedding. I must call in there again, as opposed to like, remember the dread that was going through my <laughs> mind that day as she was putting on the polish and I was trying to like convince her to let me go early. And then she said that like, no, my nails would be ruined, but I had to go and pick something up. You know, it's all about trying to be so organized so that you can have that relaxy time. Yeah. So, yeah, if you work, obviously there'll be some things that you just can't do to the last few days. But if you can get absolutely everything you possibly can done a month before, that's the dream. It's a great shout. And even if you don't and even if you end up being, you know, three weeks ahead, that's still great. As you mentioned before, if you're embarking on any DIY projects, leave twice the time that you think you need. Um, And again, get them wrapped up ideally a few weeks before the wedding, if at all possible. And if it's getting late in the day and you're still stressing about them, scrap them. Yeah, we go on about this a lot, but only because in so many real weddings that we featured, the couple tell us that they were up until 5am before the night of the wedding, hanging like paper cranes or whatever. Yeah. And we're like, we love origami. <laughs> we love origami in this episode. Everything's made of paper. It's very sustainable. It's a new year, Claire. You know, we're trying to save the planet. But yeah, like we go on and on about this, but try not to let the DIY take over your life is all is all I'll say on that <laughs> that's subject. all we'll say um, as you mentioned you might want to make a separate wedding day timeline I think that's just useful for everyone from the photographer to the mams the mams the to have your hair and makeup people might coordinate a timeline as well if they're doing like multiple bridesmaids and mams and people just to make sure everyone has a slot in the yep. morning and you also might want to make a plan for facials hair appointments if you're getting your hair dyed, waxing, things like that, there's an, an order to these things. Yeah, so it's yeah. worth uh, thinking about that. And um, we talked to Aidan Corcoran a bit about that as well before. And I think we have a beauty timeline on the site as well. We do. And we have one for grooms as well, which kind of tells you like, when do you need to get your beard trimmed and all yeah. that kind of stuff? Or when do you need the haircut done, depending on what kind of hair you have? Yeah. So figuring all that out is important because, again, it just diminishes stress. Yes. And for all of this, please refer back to the written feature because as much as we're banging on about everything, if you're six months out from your wedding, you probably don't care about what you should have been doing six months ago or what you should be doing in four months time. So it's a great thing to check in with throughout your wedding planning to see what you're supposed to be doing at that time. Yeah, copy paste it, remove anything that's not relevant to you. If, for example, you're not having a DJ or your mom is paying for and organising bouquets or whatever it is yeah pick and choose edit as you see fit and then work from there yep and try and enjoy it all yeah that's what this whole episode is about trying to get you to a place where you can be nice and relaxed and looking forward to the day and not worrying that you forgot you know some granny's been left at the airport (laughs) (laughs) or something equally disastrous yes exactly a little organization up top will make for a wholly more enjoyable day one fab day listener dilemmas wedding planning should be a fun and happy time for all involved but alas it doesn't always turn out so smoothly that's why each week we turn our attention to a listener dilemma and try to offer some practical solutions for your wedding planning woes now claire you have chosen this week's dilemma i have and it's a biggie it is so this lovely listener writes in Sorry that this is a bit of a complicated one. I'm not sure if there's much advice that can be given, but here goes. We're getting married in May and we've given out all the invites. We're still waiting on my nan to RSVP. I thought it was odd that she hadn't, but thought maybe it went without saying that she'd be there. 
Yesterday, my mum told me that my nan has rung my uncle and told him that she won't be coming to the wedding if we don't invite her brother. She was trying to convince him not to come as well. I'm really shocked and hurt by this. We're only having a small wedding at a registry office, followed by a small reception. So we've only been able to invite grandparents, aunts and uncles and a couple of cousins. Plus, there's already some drama between him and my family anyway. I spent the whole of yesterday crying about it, as I can't believe she would be so manipulative and spiteful. I'm her eldest grandchild and the first of us to get married as well. We've always had a close relationship. This one is so sad. I know. I'm like, can we go back in time and like plant a chip in this granny's brain that's just like, please don't do this. Yeah. and It's she, a very difficult position to put her in. I know. It just seems whatever about if the granny took issue with the granduncle not going and brought it up with her and made it a bit awkward and difficult. Like yeah. that's one annoying thing. That would be one thing you had to solve. Yes. But then to stir it up and start getting other people to boycott the wedding is a whole other level. I don't know if this is a, it can't just be Irish families it must be all families around the world but there are some people who just love to send the problem out and yes. make it grow within the family rather yeah. than to just sort it out and nip it in the bud which like it sounds like this could have been done so easily if the granny had just gone to you and spoken to you about it but whatever it's too late for that yeah I think the main thing that I would say here is just to remember that she's the one that's making this awkward so whatever you do I know whatever you do, you might be feeling guilt because she is your granny and she's a very special person and you're probably going to upset her with whatever you do. Yeah. But it's not you who took the step to start bad-mouthing the wedding all over town. You know, it's her that started this. So just remember that. Yeah. So I would raise it with her like, oh, we haven't got your RSVP yet and let her say whether she is or isn't coming. Um put it back in her court basically and if she brings up the grand uncle explain why you're having a small wedding or not even why you're having a small wedding explain that you're having a small wedding and that you've been really particular with who's been invited and that it's nothing to the people who haven't been invited but you're just limited with numbers for whatever reason and I think it's always really helpful um I know with our wedding I would give examples from the other side of the family mm, so that's a good tip if you say like, oh, well, we have eight cousins coming on our side and my other half only had two, just so that it makes it seem like everyone's had to make sacrifices yeah, and yeah. that the other side of the family have made a lot of sacrifices too and it's not just you. Because you're in your granny's head, like your partner might have every single grand aunt and grand uncle in their whole extended family going, Yeah, um, even though that's probably not likely for even the biggest of weddings, certainly not for a small one. Yeah. Um, so it's important to stress that and just be like listen like our family have actually got the better deal here um we've got loads of families coming it actually does sound like you've loads of family coming for a small wedding like well done you've packed them in so you have to be really straight about that with her i think yeah give specific examples of who else you weren't able to have yeah like even if it's like mentioning friends Mm. things like that so that she realizes that it's not about the grand uncle it's about the fact that you're having a small wedding and if she's still doesn't want to come I know that's going to be really upsetting and really hard for you I think for myself anyway I'd rather have someone there who was coming from a place of love than have someone there who is who you don't feel comfortable having there on the day because they've kind of been bullied into inviting them along um I know it might be easier to invite your grand uncle and just nip the whole thing in the bud but I just i I really take issue having to give in to her tactics. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, whatever happens, you've invited her. 
Yeah. So if she chooses not to go on this random principle that she's made up, pulled out of the air about her brother, then it's really on her. As in, yeah. like, I think that you could feel like if she said, well, I'm not going if my brother's not allowed to go. And you said, well, listen, I'm sorry, he can't come. That that would mean that you were telling your granny she's not allowed to come to your wedding. But that's not what you no. would be doing. Yeah. You would be literally giving her the biggest, most generous invitation for herself and just saying, listen, I'm not able to accommodate this for you. And I'm sure it's really tempting to be like, oh, just stick him on the list because it's for an easy life. Mm. And to be honest, if you're having a bigger wedding, I'd probably say oh, it might be an easier life to just stick him on. And you I know it's awkward, but look, if there's a bigger wedding, also you have a better chance of not having to spend the whole day with him. Yeah. So because you're having a small wedding, I kind of agree with you, Claire. I think you have to be firm on it. Yeah definitely and this might take a bit of management in your wider family if she's the kind of person who stirs so I think it's worth kind of almost circulating it like PRing yourself to an extent but circulating it yeah. that this is these are our reasons making sure that everyone knows granny's invited like no she, my yeah. nan is actually invited like we have set a chair for her aside and everything like she her meal is planned like everything is yeah. ready for her we want her to be there yeah but she came up with this random condition that we couldn't fulfill yeah because as much as it's very easy for us to turn around and say who cares what they're all saying about it and who cares if she's stirring among your family but I know that ahead of your wedding that can cause a lot of Mm. tension and upset so it is worth putting it out there to everyone the conversation that's had yeah and be firm and be firm with that initial conversation you have with her and listen if it absolutely balloons up and you can't cope anymore you should be able to add him in like a few weeks before the wedding but definitely I would say start firm when you discuss it with her say hello to a new era of mental health care cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist prescriber or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. You know, it's funny. Some of us will never, ever find true love. You are the worst wedding singer in the world, buddy. Sir, one more outburst. I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? Your non-wedding homework this week. No matter how into wedding planning you are, the time will come when you need to hang up your veil for the night and take a break. Selena, you've got a recommendation for the times when you need to cool it on the spreadsheets and do something different. I love how in that intro you made it sound like you wear your veil for all the planning. Uh, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm very confident that you did. I I I worked from home during my wedding planning time, and yes, sometimes I wore a veil. You wore what a veil it? to one of the podcast recordings, so I'm not I did, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, sidetracked. So my recommendation is because it's January to investigate some of the top-rated albums from the previous year, so 2019. Or even if you want to be really ambitious, some of the best rated albums of the decade from the last 10 years, because now is when loads and loads of different publications and blogs and influencers even release their best albums of the year and best albums of the decade list. And it's a great time to discover music that's maybe not brand new, but you've missed it in the last year, in the last decade. Yeah, that's a really good one. And I think as well, in the last 10 years, we have neglected the album a little bit. And so it's a nice way to revisit uh, some really good albums that maybe you've missed or that you only hit the singles on. Mm. So this idea kind of came to me from um, the British comedian James Acaster has a book called Perfect Sound Whatever, which I recommend. It's a great listen about how he did this for 2016. So he spent all of 2017 trying to listen to as much music from 2016 as he possibly could. And uh, the book is all about that. And he basically ends 2017 deciding that 2016 was the best year ever for music because he found so much amazing stuff that he loved and it helped him through a really hard time. Uh, So if you're looking for a way to get motivated for the task of discovering new albums, that read is a really good way to uh, prompt you on. Great tip. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. That's it for this week's episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. It's been a meaty one and you've got lots of homework, but hopefully you've still enjoyed yourself. If you know someone else who'd like the show, be sure to send them a link. We'd also love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It goes a long way towards helping new listeners find us. If you've got a burning question or a comment you'd like to share, please do get in touch with us. You can email hello at onefabday.com or slide into our DMs. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. And don't forget to visit us over at onefabday.com. We've got lots of really helpful content on the site and January is dedicated to anyone getting started with wedding planning. So make sure you head over there for real weddings, the next big trends, planning guides, checklists, playlists and lots, lots more. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. 